This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the Fanalist, and Southey. Well, that was interesting, to say the least. That was a weird game. Um, let's start with something positive and give something away, because uh, we're going to be talking some pretty sad and downer stuff for a while, yeah. so... Let's start with something fun. Yay. 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 Yeah, let's give some stuff away. So. Oh, oh, oh. So much excitement. Okay, clapping's done. <laughs> so much excitement. So um, we're going to give away something else for our, what is this, day the 10th of our 12 games of giveaways. This is the third thing we're giving away. So. Uh, Steph, tell us who won. Drum roll, please. Oh, wrong oh, sound. That's not drum roll. That's a drum joke. <laughs> so, our big winner this time is at Emma May XO. Woo! Oh yeah! Congrats! Oh, look at you with the yes, with the little noise maker. <laughs> I do. So. Uh, <laughs> so thank you, MMA. You've won yourself a Leafs toque, courtesy of uh, us here at Leafs Late Night. So with that, you will also be receiving a sticker that is from Victoria at Optimus Prime 47. Once again, that's Tulin Designs on Etsy. So congratulations to at MMA XO. You've won. So if you want to win Weird. next time, we're going to give away another uh, code word tonight. And that'll be for against, oh my gosh, when's the next yes. game? Tuesday? Oh, right. What am I talking about? We're going to be there. How can we forget? That's the game that we're going be to. Be there or be quadrilateral. Um, yes. And I'm thinking, why don't we do something fun and get it up super quick? And we'll actually just broadcast live to YouTube so people can see us and we can eat Tim Biebs live. And we'll just we'll just do a live show and then I'll upload it after. Okay. Deal. <laughs> How about that? You keep using that word, Tim Biebs. I thought yeah. that we discussed uh, several episodes ago that they're Bieber balls. We definitely did. But they are Bieber yes, balls. We definitely did. They're Bieber balls. That's the final answer. And Tim Biebs just sounds weird. I don't know. Bieber balls. Yeah. And uh, I was listening to Overdrive today from their Friday episode. And they started calling them Bieber balls. Like, come on. That's our yeah. thing pinned it like yeah. weeks ago didn't, didn't we say that uh, uh, but i did manage the show clearly because they've been stealing some of they've been stealing some oh, of our must. takes they must have that's okay i steal a bunch of their <laughs> segments um so speaking of tim Biebs, uh bieber balls <laughs> sorry i um today went through a drive-through of a less frequented tim hortons and asked if they still had any of the hats and they're surprised that i asked if they still did because of course they did and i was like oh sweet so i got one of the tukes today so uh call it an investment call it a uh you know a, a stand move but hey i got a toque it's still in the bag maybe i'll give it away maybe i'll a sell it to yeah. bieber himself <laughs> you know some people buy yeezys and uh roscoe <laughs> is uh, gonna make bank a couple years from now with that bieber uh, toque yeah yeah, it's going to be like on par with Drew here. Come on. Yeah, just sell it in 2060. Hopefully make a couple mil and it'll be worth it in the long run. Yeah, so um, 
over to the game. It was a busy day in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, first of all, shout out to the Hamilton Tiger Cats who beat the Toronto Argonauts today. I watched the game. It was my first CFL watch of the season. Um, wasn't great. Argos fell apart in the second half. But uh, right after that, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers played the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I want to say. And uh, so what, that was in Winnipeg right before the Leafs-Winnipeg game. So it must have been a pretty busy day there. Also, minus 27 <laughs> with wind chill, and they were playing football outside. I'm freezing with, like, plus two here. I don't know how these guys handle it out west. <laughs> so you wonder why uh, the Jets were so pissed off tonight. It's because it's so fucking say, cold so in Winnipeg. mean today. Like, big blue meanies out there. Yeah. The Blue Meanies. That's a really good nickname for these guys. They are the Blue Meanies. And what is what the the Leafs are just on the tour of asshole teams right now. Yeah. It yeah, hasn't someone, been easy. Someone put out the APB and said, you know what? How do we beat these uh these fun and fancy free Leafs? Uh we beat them physically. <laughs> just beat the ever loving tar out of those Leafs. And uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we literally uh, talked about the Leafs slapping all these teams. And then what happened? Like, I'm off the show for one day. And then the Leafs, like, okay, they came back yesterday. I'm glad and got a point in the shootout. But then today, oh, my God, we got slapped. But anyways, jumping a little too ahead of myself. But yeah. Yeah, um, it was Blake Wheeler's thousandth game. Speaking of things that are happening a lot lately, I feel like it's everybody's thousandth game this month. (laughs) For the last couple of weeks, we had Getzlav and Spezza with his 1200th, and everybody's hitting that mark. Yeah. They all got drafted in the same but, time. But uh, they awarded, yeah, fair enough. They uh, they gave Blake Wheeler a nice shiny silver stick and uh, a shitty commissioned piece of art. Um, I guess congrats to Blake Wheeler. Hey, they gave the kids I'd a stick, be too. be a little more congratulative if yeah, that yeah. was cute. I'd be a little more congratulative if they weren't yeah, assholes. They shove that stick right where the sun doesn't shine. Okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, first period, because of course he does. Pierre Luc Dubois scores. Um, Pierre Luc Dubois was the leaf killer way back in the uh, the Columbus Bubble series, the five game <clears throat> unfortunate debacle for the Leafs, but. Dubois let them up then, and now he's back tonight to uh, continue his shredding of the Leafs. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect coming into this game because the Jets haven't been that great, honestly. They're sitting sixth in the Central Division. They're tied with Colorado, Dallas, and... Uh, No, just Colorado and Dallas with 26 points. And they came off a huge win last game against the New Jersey Devils, 8-4. And it's like they heard us the other episode where where I said, Shifley and Wheeler really need to step it up. And then the next game they play, Shifley gets four points, Wheeler gets three points, and now they're hot. So Mm, I wasn't sure if they were going to play that type of caliber game. But right off the bat, they were fast. They were just in it they clogged up the neutral zone i found that the leafs didn't have any time or space to breathe it was just rushed down the ice one end to another and unfortunately the power play just it it killed us today the winnipeg power play Uh, there's so many many penalties this game but the first period yeah like you said first goal for dubois off the power play from Shifley and Wheeler too much room in front just like that Matthews goal left alone uh, 
poor, poor wall, right? No one helped him. And no. Yeah. They just kind of set him up for failure, unfortunately. I mean, last couple games Wall's played, they've been really good at protecting him and, you know, making sure he doesn't face dangerous chances. But this, they just left him out to dry tonight. That was really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And then another penalty Uh, again against Muzzin and, then you you had some hope afterwards with JT all alone up the ice. Excellent pass from Nylander. Did you see that big stretch from Hellebuck? And unfortunately, JT couldn't lift it over his pad and just rob, Hellebuck rubs JT right in front. But yeah, three power plays in total in the first period. Um, I'm so glad, though, the Leafs got their power play going because if they didn't, this score would be completely different in the worst way possible. Yeah, and I mean, they had to. The Winnipeg Jets are, like, if it weren't for how terrible the Vancouver Canucks are, the Winnipeg Jets would have the worst penalty kill in the entire league. And, I mean, the Vancouver Canucks currently have a NHL record worst penalty kill. So if you don't score on this power play, come on, guys. So Bunting with a beautiful one to tie it up at one uh, to end the first period. It was a really nice goal uh, feed from behind the net. It was beautiful, and I'm so glad it was Ingvall behind the crease who made that pass, and the pass to Ingvall from uh, Richie. Happy birthday, uh, Nick Richie! there with an assist, but especially a power play assist, but bunting, man, 10th point in the last seven games, seventh goal of the year, third in rookie scoring. Is this guy getting colder or what? I think if it weren't for the likes of Lucas Raymond, he would probably have a good shot at it. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be, you know, he'll be definitely second, third, but I don't think he's going to get many first place votes for the Calder. Yeah. And did you guys see um, right in the beginning of the period, I uh, don't mean to jump back, but Matthews got a stinger on the inside of the leg from good old Jake Muzzin, literally on the first clear. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and Matthews. Jake Muzzin is a plant from the league to just curse the Leafs. <laughs> Matthews is shooting insanely high right now, too, at 25.9% in the last uh, five games. So I was really hoping he'd pop off tonight. But there was so much that happened. Oh, my God. I just couldn't keep track. My notes are so long just from each period. But damn, it's been a roller coaster ride this game. Like, No kidding. The uh, the debacle kind of started in the second yeah. period. Uh, like I said, we went into the second, tied 1-1. Leafs came on, um, started the period on the power play, couldn't convert, and immediately give up two goals. Uh, or was it three even in the first 10 minutes, but two in the first five or six, which is just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they gave up three goals. Not good. On eight shots. Shut up. Why is this going again? was brutal. And I was kind of afraid Wall was going to get pulled for a sec. Like I had that feeling. I'm like, oh no, it's going downhill. I, I don't want him to get pulled though. I'm kind of surprised they didn't. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't though. Cause uh, you know what? Like obviously sometimes you see things like this and you're in your, you get that uh, vision of your head of uh, Patrick Waugh and uh, the Montreal Canadians, but you know what? Like it wasn't his fault. You know, you, you know, he let some soft goals in, but uh there's a lot of collapses defensively, and uh, we've just looked poor defensively these past uh, this game and the last game, and you know mm-hmm. I think that can be attributed to, you know we were we were on a roll, we were hot, we had all the bright bounces, and uh, you know you could play loose, and these the teams have now looking at us like we're 
you know, Mufasa about to get, uh, you know, thrown off of Pride Rock. So, uh, of course, of <laughs> course, the Winnipeg Jets were going to come in and play this tough and uh, rough and tumble game. Uh, what is it? We got Cop, we got Svechnikov, and then uh, was it Wheeler who got the goal after that? Um, not sure. I just know it was it went Cop and then uh, uh, Svechnikov. And when I think it was Svechnikov, Connor. I started thinking Connor. Kyle there you go. Connor. Man. Who I said kind of looks like our boy uh, Johnny Ross over here. So uh, uh, anybody who's listening in and uh, give us a shout out on Twitter if uh, you if you agree with Darty. If you agree that Darty 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 says that Johnny Ross looks like uh, Kyle Connor. <laughs> if I had the uh, if I had the blonde the flow. flow coming out of my hat here, but yeah, I was just uh, you know we can you know you can blame the goalie for a lot of uh, the Leafs woes depending on the time of day. But I'm not gonna you know what I'm glad he stayed in. I gla- I'm glad that they let him fight this one out. One, because mm-hmm. uh, we can't put any more pressure on Jack Campbell, even though he looks so beautiful on the sidelines. They're just ready. He's like, oh, come on, put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. But no. Yeah. All right. This was this was the kind of game that the Leafs just had to say, you know, we're so used to uh, um, hearing and we're never sure if it's hearsay or if it's just like, you know, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs talk that becomes pretty toxic sometimes. That's like, oh, the guys don't want to play in front of a shit goalie. Pardon my language. But you know what? Like. It's just, I said, fight the good fight, all right? Like, play for each other. And I saw a lot of I saw a lot of good things out there just as I saw a lot of bad things. And, uh, yeah, it, this was a brutal, brutal loss. This hurt. This stung for me, and I'm sure it's for all these fans. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't think you can say that the boys didn't fight out there and they didn't try They didn't try their darndest to at least make, you know, make something of this shit show that was out there yeah. tonight. You're absolutely right. Any other time in place in another year of the Toronto Maple Leafs franchise, this game would have been right down the hole. It's one of those things where you're you're glad because in the second period, the Jets had four straight goals. The Leafs came back with two. You're like, okay, they convert on the five on three power play Matthews with his eighth goal in six games and then cash money, baby, right from the goal line on the sides. That one snuck in and that gave the Leafs so much hope. And they're like, okay, guys, we're in this. It's five, three. We have so much time. We have a period and a left to go. So let's push. And unfortunately, the penalties just kept coming. The brawls started to happen. The refs just went even more blind than they already are. And yeah, it just was so frustrating to watch. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that that fifth goal from the Jets came on the power play from a really shit call on bunting where he got a roughing call because I don't remember who it was on the Jets threw their helmet and gloves off to fight. And then they didn't. So he should have gotten an instigator yes. penalty. But instead, Bunting just gets a roughing call and goes off and the Jets score. Like the officiating tonight was absolutely embarrassing for the yeah. league. Like their whole point is player safety. And they did not stop anyone from getting hurt tonight. They called a bunch of shit calls that only angered everybody more. And they didn't break things up when mm-hmm. they should have. And they, they had Simmons and Clifford taking managing this game in yeah. their own hands because the refs couldn't do it. If yeah. we're the New York Yankees of the uh, of the NHL, then I don't know why we don't have our own Homer refs then. Because as I was talking last time, again, call me a bitter Leafs fan, but I've been watching now with I have another we have more proof that there is some clear Homerism with the refs at any given game. And I don't care. If people want to say, "Oh, Darty, you're just," I said, "You're just a you're you're just a home release fan." No, this is ridiculous. I've never seen refereeing like this in like 
I'm watching all sports, right? I'm watching, I'm watching football. I, you know, I made a reference to TB12, you know, and I'm a huge Patriots fan. So even I will mm-hmm. admit when I get the calls going my way. So, <laughs> so um, that's why I'm watching this. I'm like, look, like we, ha- it seems like we have pretty fair standard re- uh, reffing when it comes to games at, uh, um, I almost want to say Air Canada Center, the Scotiabank Arena. So why is it we're out in Minnesota, we're out in the peg, and we're literally getting pegged, <laughs> like just, just getting treated yeah, like, like the Raptors? What is going on here? And we ha- and and again, you're saying the Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors have a ton of young um, upstarts who really don't have a name in this league right now. But the mm-hmm. the Toronto Maple Leafs have the top four <laughs> who are literally the most well known players in this league. So like, why are we getting all the bullshit calls? Oh, I just mean the Raptors always get bullshit calls because they're the only Canadian team in the NBA and they don't like to see them win. But I mean, it's the same attitude towards the Leafs. The league doesn't like to see them win. So, you know, sitting pretty high and comfy in uh, first slash second place. Yeah, but every other league, and we're talking about like uh, NHL, we're talking about MLB, we're talking about uh, NBA. So yeah, every... The, the, the difference is that like here in the NHL, we don't, we have this huge salary ca- cap dilemma. So yeah. So if we're going to get destroyed by the refs, fine, but then open up the damn salary cap. Cause look, if you're talking about the, I said, talking about the Yankees, we're talking about the, um, <clears throat> the other team that gets compared to the Leafs, the uh, Cowboys It's like, look, we're, if we're going to have some unfair advantages, then, then we need to have our also unfair disadvantages too. Right. And uh, it's not looking like the Leafs are getting their fair share of the pie if uh, we're getting all these, uh, this, you know, if we're going to be treated like like we're plebs in this league, but we have a budget that makes us these rich oil barons, like what, like it's pretty backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if we're going to have such a physical league, like I mean, they're trying to crack down on fighting and saying, you know, they're cutting down on all the physicality, but it's heating up. They're calling less. So, like you said, opening the salary cap up allows teams to employ people like you know, Chris Neal and Ty Domi were where they would come in and play four minutes against those teams like this. Like, hey, you're dressed for when this shit happens. But the salary cap doesn't allow for teams to employ those people. No, the salary cap only allows for Kyle Clifford to come up randomly (laughs) and be that person on the fourth line for the Leafs. Hey, him and Simmons kicked ass tonight. I got to agree. This is the first time I've noticed Clifford on the ice uh, thus far. Keep in mind, I didn't watch the full game yesterday. I just caught the highlights. So I might be out of my element right now. But uh, I don't know. Third period, like I had high hopes. The Leafs are tied in the league. Seventh overall for third period goals with 29. You know, that gives you another sense of hope. And come on, Matthews, come on. These big guns, like do something. But then Matthews, all of a sudden we see wrestling with Dubois 200 feet away from the puck. No whistle, at least 10 seconds. And a ref standing right beside just watching the show. Mm -hmm. What? Is up. Yeah, and this wasn't a fight. This was like thrown to the ground and got on top of him and started punching him. And like uh, the fact that Matthews got a penalty out of this is just unbelievable. Like Dubois should have gotten a game misconduct. If like <laughs> talk about setting precedent, if fucking McDavid gets a game misconduct for what he did tonight and Dubois doesn't, there is absolutely no consistency yeah, in the officiating. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he got booted from that game for what looked like, if you can, you can, I said, like, we're comparing NHL to other leagues, right? Because we're not, we're not a, uh, we're not a house league, right? We are the, we are, a na- we're supposed to be a national league. And, uh, you know, you look at a, a, a league like the NFL where they can sit there and spend hours before the next play, um, judging whether or not, uh, you know, reviewing a call, reviewing, um, you know, whether a flag is a flag, 
well, looking at what happened with Connor McDavid, how many times are we going to sit here as uh, armchair fans, our, our armchair uh, generals here, and say that that was definitely not a game misconduct, and yet he still ended up getting booted? There should be an opportunity to look and say, you know, let's let's take some time here, take a couple seconds, bring it back to uh, the head office, and okay, all right, nope, doesn't need to get booted, just give him a penalty, whatever. Because this is garbage. This is ridiculous. And then also being able to review between Dubois and Matthews, right? Because again, like we're all we're sitting here bitching and complaining about garbage calls when like there's there is a solution, right? We have the technology to fucking solve this. <laughs> yeah, everything's filmed. Not only that, we we had Piog take out Sandy yes. and knee on knee. No call, Ooh, no review on that. No nothing. Everyone was pissed. And this this goes back to last night where. Who was it? Foligno took out Campbell diving Ugh. through his head. Man. Like what the, what is going on with the officiating in yeah. this league? Like who was it? Um, Tavares last night, just stick kind of reaches over and touches somebody on the hands while they're breaking through. Well, the Leafs were already on a power play and he gets called for <laughs> slashing for that. But like, I just, there is absolutely no consistency. Like I see, I see something and it's like, okay, so that's what we're going to call this. And the next time it happens, nothing. And then someone gets tripped, nothing. You hear the commentator say, oh, and Morrissey with a cross check there on whoever, no call. Like if we're going to play the stone age version of hockey and we're going to go back to the rough and tumble days, then like, you know, as they say in the Bible, an eye for an eye, then that has to be an eye for an eye, right? There has to be, as I said, there has to be some consistency. And like, look, if you're, you know, I'm not looking for anybody to get hurt. I'm not going to, you know, what's a, what's that? Uh, I'm not trying to Todd Bertuzzi the league right now. What I am trying to say, though, is that like there has to be, you know, the, the, there's, there's got to be consequences for people's actions. And, you know, I don't want soft hockey, but what I want is fair hockey. And it's yeah. not fair. Yeah. Well, and it leads to injuries because when the guys get pissed off and they're jumping over the bench because things aren't being called, they're getting more riled up. And that's how people are. That's how all these fights are happening and all these dirty hits start. Like if you call the game properly, you can manage everybody's tempers. But this shit is just getting out of control. And this is how people get hurt. We almost had we had a wall take a knee to the head. Yes. He almost went off. We had uh, Matthews got hit. I mean, granted, it was mm-hmm. by Muzzin. Uh, who went off and we have Sandine who's now looking like he's not going to be playing and we've already got people out like and I'll give Winnipeg credit these injuries can't keep stacking up Winnipeg credit they definitely watched their film last night because they knew exactly what they needed to do to get under the leaf skin and that's like hey you know you saw what worked with uh, the wild so you know what you want you know obviously the Leafs can't take that that much physicality right now because they're tired again like I think I mentioned this uh, privately that uh, there's obviously some discrepancies and issues with the scheduling here because we're not going to get a fucking break even yeah we're, we're what is it like we're gonna have one day off and then we're back again on Tuesday after what the Leafs have gone through and all the traveling um, that Same is a, like I I'm sure I'm, I've already read a couple articles and looked at least at a couple titles and they're already saying, Oh, the Leafs played poorly or they're slow. God damn it. Of course they're slow. What do you want? Leafs, Leafs nation. I don't yeah. care which, if you're listening to TSN, if you're listening to five ninety tomorrow, you tell them, you call in and tell them to STFU. Okay. <laughs> These boys are tired. They've been working their bones off. All right. And I'll be yeah. the first person to tell you if the Leafs are dogging it. Well, they're not dogging it. They're just tired. All right. And if you're tired, like a dog, what are we going to, ex- what do we, what else can we ask? All right. They stood up, you know, look at, if you want to, if you want, um, if you want proof of how hard the, the Leafs have been working, just go 
take a you know take a picture of uh, of Wayne Simmons at any moment during both of these games. All right, yeah. look at his face, and you tell me that they're not working hard. I told the Leafs are playing six games in the first eleven mm. days of December. Are you joking? I totally agree with you guys, though, especially Roscoe. You're saying that if you don't call things, people are going to get wound up. And it's true. Let's look at the third period at the end. Simmons just right off the draw. You know, he's going to go attack that attack the Jets player. And then it just steams off to another thing. And then you have um, Stanley jumping in because he's trying to protect his guy. And then he had the whole helmet thing. He's like, yeah. Look what a what clown! <laughs> and then Shife or uh, Wheeler copies him on the bench, and it just rounds up the whole place, and it's it's crazy. And I don't. There's no words because we all know what's so wrong with this picture. And you want to play by the book, you want to go by player safety, but no one is. I don't know. It's not working. I, it's oh, so frustrating. But yeah, it's just brings i know we have a twitter question tonight about the matthews um incident right from uh yeah who is sarah on twitter how come austin matthews got the roughing charge when he clearly was had held down so many questions but the boys did their best and show that they can take the aggression and protect protect each other good question yeah this is a this is a great question and a great point before we get to the question. The second part about them taking the aggression and protecting each other. I mentioned this on Twitter. This is not the team from the 2010s through till like, you know, two years ago where they'd get beat up on and you'd be like, okay, who's going to stick up for them? Or even last, no, it was two years ago against Columbus when they let Spezza take that mm-hmm. fight and like nobody stuck up for him. You know, this is a different yes. team. They've really beefed up. They're not taking shit. The young guys have grown up. They're protecting each other. They've got Bunting out there, who's like our Marchand light. I love <laughs> as they should be, as they should be, all right? Because, like, you know, we always complain as a Leafs Nation that, oh, there's not enough hometown heroes that want to play here. Well, whether you're from Toronto or whether you're playing for Toronto, you want to play for one of the most storied teams in this National Hockey League, all right? And it looks like I said, everybody out there wants to be on this team. And yeah, it sucked that we lost. But you can see the fight and the fire in their eyes. And yeah. they really do love each other now. And it, it wasn't as apparent the past because they were young and there was a lot of growing pains the past couple of years. But I've never been more confident, um, especially now, with how much I said, how much fight and fire is in their eyes. And that and, and when we when we take a bad loss like that, that's still pretty beautiful to me. Okay. Yeah. But Sarah, you're absolutely right. Matthews was held down. I mean, Dubois was on top of him. He could not move. If he had a stick any higher, he would have been strangling Matthews. And that would have been a whole nother situation. And you can just tell it it wasn't fair whatsoever. I don't know what was going through the minds of those refs watching literally two feet away, which blows my mind. It's not like I know the play was 200 feet down the ice. So maybe half the officials weren't paying attention, but there was a guy right there and <laughs> even pushed them apart and didn't blow he the was whistle. Watching. They did not blow the whistle. Like you, you must stop the play when it gets to that point. I don't know. It's, <laughs> So we're going to say that the answer is because they're in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. True North, right? Don't you just love that with the national anthem? They yell, true North. And every Leafs fan's like, no, we are the true North. <laughs> we the North. 
Yeah, come. What you? They say it like they're the only Canadian team. <laughs> they're the yeah. coldest Canadian team. They're the coldest. I, I th- mm, yeah, Edmonton's. between them and here in Ottawa. Edmonton's yeah. the most. I mean, no, oh, their northernest city in Canada for NHL teams. So, oh. yeah, it. Well, Ottawa is the coldest capital city in the oh, world. Oh, I believe that. <laughs> That sucks. Um, So we should go on to our next question here, which is from at Chad Morgan, Snizzle Bonehead. Um, If Sandine's out long-term, do you think Dubas tries to make an early deadline move or sticks with Hall slash Dermot? Also, who would you target if they decide to make the move? Now, apologies. I've just been pulling up on Cap Friendly here who the potential, um, you know, who's an expiring contract this year uh, because I don't, really have i mean this is we just got this question so i don't really have the time to look up other potential ones i don't have them off the top of my head but uh do you guys have any thoughts uh, no one because we can't afford it <laughs> <laughs> the biggest well if sandine goes on ltir i think is the idea which frees up what 800 and something grand yeah what there's not much to play with and if you look at the uh, restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents at the end of the season. We know John Klinberg is still out there ready to get paid, but obviously that's not a Leafs move to make. And personally, I would bring up Duzak from the Marlies. He's been leading the team in points. Why not give this guy a chance? I know we've talked about him uh, on previous episodes, but we have the depth. We have the people ready and willing to play. So I would just fish around the barn and see who would be the best option in the meantime while uh, hopefully Sandine's not out too long. But I know he looked so hurt and I felt so bad for the guy just limping across the ice. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Knee injuries are never good. But like, can we just for a second, the Winnipeg Jets are a new team in the last decade. How the hell is the uh, dressing room not connected I to the bench? I hate that. Oh, seriously. I've never seen that before. Yeah, some of the stadium or the arenas are like that. And, oh, it's so annoying. And this guy is, has to be in way more pain gliding across the ice, just trying not to put any pressure on one leg. Like, come on, guys, get with it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But, Yeah. So um, I like your point about bringing somebody up, but just to play devil's yeah. advocate here, if there was somebody they could go after, um, just looking at people who are around the same value, um, maybe a little older that teams would be willing to move on from. Uh, what about Keith Yandel? Philly is in tank mode right now. Like they're falling mm-hmm. apart and they brought in Keith Yandel to try to bring some, you know, veteran presence um, I think with a lot of young defensemen on the Leafs coming up, maybe somebody like Yandel could be like the Spezzo of the defense, even if he's, you know, playing second or third pairing. Yeah. Hopefully third. Um, he makes, what is this? Like 900K. He's on a $900,000 contract. I... He's 35. I think he's still got, you know, if he's not with a garbage team like Philly has been. Yeah. I think that's somebody that they like between him or Jordy Ben right under him, but I don't think Minnesota's in a position to get rid of Ben. But Philly is in like straight up nosedive. I'm actually surprised that Yandel's that cheap because he was such a big name in Florida and then he's the new quarterback uh, with Philly. And you would assume this guy makes at least a couple mil, but 
I'm not opposed to this, actually. You know, he has tons of NHL experience. Uh, the guy has power play experience, which can easily fill in for the role of Sandine. That would be interesting. Yeah, and I was just checking to see if he was injured, and he played all 56 games last year. He had 27 mm-hmm. points. Like, that's, you know, half a point a game, almost. But that's there good. must be a reason why this guy got a massive, massive paycheck cut because at one point he was making 5.2 a year now he's down to 900,000 like something went wrong I don't know what I haven't been following him that closely but wow I'm just looking at his point totals here um he had since signing in 20 since 2015-16 when he was with the Rangers 47 points then with the panthers 41 56 62 45 and then only 27 last year but that seems like a weird one-off thing for a pandemic shortened season to all of a sudden drop that much that's crazy and you're right mean so i think while he's at 900k that's dubas might flex that that would be a steal especially if he heats up again on a uh, elite elite leafs team who has so much offense uh, around them and then Yandel you know he wouldn't have to be that main production guy we have Morgan Riley we have all these other players so he would just have to do what he does best and play a solid defensive game run the second power play unit if needed and that's about it oh my god he got his contract was bought out mm-hmm. I didn't realize this so that's why his cap hit is so low. He's making like six point five. So I think. he, yeah, he was making six point three five up until twenty two twenty three, which would be next season, and they bought him out. Wow! Wow! July fifteenth. I missed that man. There was so much this summer that that one flew under the radar. So okay, that's my pick. It doesn't seem like he's playing his best. Playing his best hockey right now in Philly, and I said said some choice words for Philly yesterday. So, um, hope maybe a change of scenery, right? Like obviously, when you go from uh, a beautiful, beautiful Florida to uh, you know Philadelphia, you're not gonna enjoy life nearly as much. But uh, you know, I know it's not much of a, a change when you're moving up to the Great White North up here. But I think our team is a bit of a wagon, so maybe that if we could somehow. Uh, spark some inspiration that that would be a great choice to bring to the Leafs as a replacement for Mr. Rasmus Sandin. Yeah. If Tony D'Angelo can come back like he is right now, then I'm sure Yandel can come <laughs> back on a team like the Leafs, but Hey, this might be a total hot take and we're just throwing the idea out there, but I agree with you, Johnny, like 900 K. Wow. That is a steal at this point for a guy like Yandel. If it happens, I'm claiming that we call yeah. it here. For but us. also, some things seem too good to be true, right? You don't want, uh, you know, we're sitting here wondering how the heck did this happen? You know, buy out 900,000. Like, you know, there might be something that we don't know sitting here behind our desks, not being part of the National Hockey League. So there's also, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to find, you know, get a lump of coal rather than a diamond, right? Yeah. But for that price, it's worth it. I'd be willing to find out for 900K. My, yeah, my defense for that is um, in Jason Spezza's last two years in Dallas, he had eight goals. 
He has seven already Ooh. this year. And he had 30 points last year, which he hasn't done since 2016. So, uh, hey, some guys in the end of their career, they're playing on a shit team. They just get discouraged. I think things are going south in Philly quick. Um, anyway, we should move on here. Starting lineup on March 31st has to be Clifford, Richie Simmons, slash Gabriel, Douglas Clune, right? <laughs> yeah, next March time we meet the Winnipeg Jets, this this is going to be absolutely brutal. Is that uh, the next time we face them? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just call up Clune, uh, call up Gabriel Douglas. We know Douglas is like six foot seven or six foot eight. This guy is an absolute beast. Like, <laughs> I would. It's going to be an interesting oh, line. Yeah. Breaking news uh, Dubis calls up uh, George LaRock from. <laughs> you know. The Danbury Trashers <laughs> will be taking the ice as uh, in place of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And fun time. fact uh, the game before that one, uh, they. Uh, yeah, March 29th, we face Boston. So originally, I thought this question was for the oh. Boston game because it was so close. But hey, keep the lineup that you suggested, a uh, Mike. And uh, yeah, why why the hell not? Like, <laughs> I can appreciate a year of uh, of the Leafs when we're not even talking about Boston. Like, we're not even worried. We're not, like, sitting here crapping our pants, worried about big old Brad, the Rat Marchand, or, uh, you know, Bergeron, or... Or pasta like this is yeah now it's now it's pierre-luc dubois and marcus Foligno. like yeah i tweeted that uh dubois Jeez. is the marchand of the jets and definitely yeah this is brutal who else wow. misses patrick line uh, so thank you <laughs> oh yeah remember him oh my god <laughs> uh thank you at mtc underscore 80 for that question um real quick uh, we will got to get through these questions we got a lot of them um pepino at pepino 1823 why are the refs a bunch of clowns um i mean we've talked about this a lot and i know this is kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek question but like something's got to be done like this is going to get mm-hmm. out of hand i've seen around twitter other games are just as bad like i said last night sends twitter was freaking out about their game it was horribly officiated like this they gotta they, yeah, gotta they still won here. right so suck it fucking ottawa <laughs> pretty sure they still won right yeah. it's like 6-5 right fair with a Brady Kachuk goal at the I end. Yeah. I don't know. Like these these guys get paid up to 360k a year. They're not new. It's Ooh. not like we see many rookie referees or officiating on the ice. And yeah, I know that number, right? They're between 165 and 360,000 uh, or 100,000 a year. So I don't know what is with these guys, especially the last two games. It's like I think I saw the tweet from you, Johnny, that you're like, whenever we face a low, maybe it was someone else, um, pretty much like a Mickey Mouse club. They 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 try and help the other team versus the Leafs. And I don't hmm. know why it's. Hmm. No, that wasn't me, but uh, no, it's a really good point. We can't like this doesn't happen against Boston or Tampa. It happens against Minnesota and fucking Winnipeg. Of course, it's uh. It's a sad day um, in, uh, in Leafsland when it feels like uh, we're playing playing with uh, Angel Hernandez as one of our refs. Like, what the hell? Is <laughs> the, you know, it's the last the last time I saw a calling this bad is in the in, is in the major leagues. All right, so this is just uh, you know we talked about it last last right. night, and we're gonna have to talk talking about it again today. That you know if this is the case, something's got to be done. 
Yeah, and there's no excuse. This is a 90s Carrie Fraser level. But like we said earlier, everything is recorded. Every single angle you could possibly get and things get reviewed all the time. I just don't get why, for example, Jack Campbell wasn't reviewed last night. And then today, the Austin Matthews hit. Then we have the Neon Knee hit for Sandine. And then all the shit at the end of the third period. Like, come on, guys. This isn't game management at this point. I don't know. Uh, we got an Ed's text, which was, uh, these officials should be fired after this game. Yes, Ed. Just to loop that in. Yes. Yes. Thanks, Dad. You're right. Uh, so this next question comes from our very own Seti. Um, Andrew says, after seeing the last two teams play the Leafs extremely physical slash over the line, especially tonight, is this what they should expect on most nights going forward? And I mean, it's like Darty said. Uh, Winnipeg checked the game tape on the Minnesota game last night and figured out how to beat the Leafs. So if this keeps up, if everyone keeps learning from this, like, oh, let's just piss them off and beat the shit out of them. I would just say yes and... Is this what we should expect? Yes and no. Yes, because, like, obviously the, the, you know, the... The fix is in, you know, everybody knows what, uh, what it takes to, to cheat in these games. And I don't mean cheat as in like actually cheat. I mean, like, you know, you found the cheat code for being the Leafs. Right. But, uh, the thing is mm-hmm. we're tired. We need some rest. We need some R and R. We're obviously not going to get it. We do for goddamn sure. need Mitch Marner back. All right. And I think that's, you know, let's rewind back to, to September and October and, uh, November. And now we're here in December yeah, we love Mitch Marner. Come back. We love you. I'm sorry. I said some mean things and, uh, you know, I don't want you to, I don't want you to leave. Please baby, come back. <laughs> but yeah, we need, we need everybody healthy because, uh, once, uh, we start getting the calls going our way, it will happen. You know, we're, we're bitching and complaining. You don't think that, uh, Keith and Dubis and, uh, Shanahan, uh, Shanahan are not, uh, bitching and complaining as well. Right. So something will be done. And, uh, when the bounces go our way and the calls go our way, um, you can't just keep playing tough and expect to win against the Leafs because the shooters shoot, right? You know, Matthews, mm-hmm. Nylander, Tavares, Marner, you get those guys out there when you got Kasha as well. You got Camp and Bunting and, and Engvall. When they all start getting the guns out, you can't you can't win just physically, right? So Yeah. And if the refs actually did their job, it wouldn't get as physical as it gotten today, right? So Bingo. Um and I saw a lot of a lot of chat on Twitter last night about how the Leafs are playing a playoff style game. And then other people were complaining about, I don't know, it wasn't, they shouldn't be playing this type of hockey in December and like just always something to complain about. Well, if we're not playing this type of hockey, what are we supposed to do? Just let the team do whatever they want and trample all over us. Like the Leafs need to do their scouting properly and appropriately for every single team and apply that strategy and if that means mixing up the lineups like what happened tonight then so be it and yeah it's i don't know yeah we know we know how things are called in the playoffs and everybody's been talking about how the real test is going to be how this team plays when they get there well this is what it's going to look like everybody this is currently how they're faring in that battlefield. And in a seven-game so, series, you know why not get in tested? Seven-game series. This is like these games. Both these games were winnable. It's not like we weren't physical. And in fact, like this level of physicality is exactly what we need to see, especially because we're not starting these fights generally. Yeah. But we are finishing them, and we're finishing our checks. There's a couple of things that you could look back. I said we talked about last night. Southey and I were agreeing that uh, you know even though William Nylander, he's <laughs> he's not a fighter, but uh, some if you're in the if you're in uh, 
if you're in the place to make a to make a move and say, hey, don't touch my my tendy, you got to be the one to say it. I know you got the beautiful golden hair, but even even Legolas <laughs> pulls out his bow and takes down an elephant. All right. So don't be, you know, don't be scared. Just, you know, you got you got everybody's got to take, you know, I, I think we go back to looking at uh, it was last year with uh, Artemi Panarin taking out uh, trying to take out Tom Wilson on a date and he uh, definitely (laughs) didn't end up on the right side of that however the positive you can take for the Rangers even though they kind of were crybabies at the end of that uh, not the team but the management was that Artemi Benarin stood up against Tom Wilson all right so that should be a lesson for the Leafs that no you don't need to go put yourself in position to get manhandled but you do need to find the stones to say look I might not be the biggest guy on this team but if I'm if I see something I got to say something because it could down the line it could mean something to the rest of those guys who are there right you know mm-hmm. nobody wants to be the one to stand up to a bully but when you are you know when the when you're in that moment it, it will mean the world to the people around you right not just yeah. to the fans but to the other guys out there and look at the rangers the first thing they did in the off season what did they do they acquired barclay goudreau ryan reeves they toughened up their lineup because they knew at the end of the last season they were way too soft like no one could handle that brawl when the whole tom wilson thing happened it just looked dangerous but you're absolutely right about um, your discussion about Sudley, with Sudley the last night. Uh, if you're the first person to witness what's going on, you need to step up and show these people that this is not okay. And if you're just going to be lax about it, then it's going to be okay in their minds. And I don't know. It's like I don't want to start day one of the playoffs learning how to get physical to – face the other team and just hold my own. I'd rather have some physical games prior to that, have my lineup ready. And Dubis, you know, he did great. He picked up Clifford, you know, big, big bodies in the lineup right now. And it's just preparing for that Boston matchup, that Tampa matchup, Florida. Oh my God. Like we're Florida. We didn't even consider them a couple years ago. And now they're just, whew. but. Speaking of Tom Wilson, did you guys hear that he made the uh, 55 person list for Team Canada? I did. Yes. So uh, Team Canada looking to beef up. Oh, and also, uh, before I forget, to your point, Darty, about uh, Panarin standing up to Tom Wilson, Panarin also stood up to Brad Marchand last week in throwing his glove <laughs> at him. So uh, again, proving that you don't need the size. You can still, you know... It doesn't matter if it costs you five grand. Just yeah, it's like, you know, we always say, you know, the size of the fight and the dog or the size of the dog and the fight. But you know what? Like sometimes, sometimes, you know, you don't need the bark to match the bite. It's good if you show that you have, you know, it's good that you, it's, as fans, we don't expect, a, you know, beautiful, beautiful William Nylander to go out there and start, you know, bloodying his knuckles. But we'd like to see a little bit of bark every now and then. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I also don't want to see any bites anymore. You know, we're talking about the Rangers. Was it them who got rid of Claude Lemieux, the biter? <laughs> and then they and then they ended up needing mm-hmm. him to 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 bite on uh, little Tom Wilson. But I guess uh, that's yeah. what happens when you get rid of your uh, your uh, scrappy uh, your scrappy little fighters. And uh, you know what? Like uh, going back to fighting on a completely different point. Um, uh, I remember you folks were talking about uh, Brady Kachuk and uh, Lemieux. And I just want to say, because I didn't get the chance to say it, is that, uh, you know, the apples don't seem to fall far from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, eh? Yeah, definitely. But so happy. Oh. 
Ooh. You know what that means? I know what that means. There's a special word. It means it's time for a code code word and a code word as appropriate as, as appropriate as it is for our conversation uh, is knuckle sandwich. Nice. Ooh. Knuckle sandwich. So message us knuckle sandwich either uh, to me on Twitter or to Steph on Instagram at Leafs Late Night. And you'll be entered for a draw on Tuesday, which we're going to draw live. So you'll get to hear yourself announced live if you watch on YouTube, where we're all going to be at the game and going to have the CN Tower in the background of our podcast. It's going to be cool. So excited. So uh, knuckle sandwich. Knuckle sandwich. My code word was uh, not as exciting as that, but maybe I'll save it for another time. It's still not shitty gritty or fursona, but, uh, you know. <laughs> shitty gritty. I was thinking Jets and, you know, the Leafs faced a bumpy ride against them. So my idea was turbulence, but knuckle sandwich, even better. Ooh. Even better. Nice. Um, so with that, oh, Steph. I just want to say ahead. one thing before we end off on our Leafs chat. And just want a big shout out to Peter Morazic, who played for the Marlies today unfortunately oh yeah how'd he do it was a 5-1 loss against the laval rocket he faced 26 shots let four in he posted an 846 save percentage and then left again game saying he feels like he won't play again for the marlies because he feels fine and the injury is no longer but my personal opinion i think he needs a couple more games just to get up to the leaf speed but that's just me but yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know because we haven't heard from him in so long and I want to see this guy in action, of course, and for him to come back. So, Yeah, I don't think Wall is going to uh, hold up in you know the maybe 16 games that they're going to try to have their backup play. So I think we really need Mrazic back and to play yeah. well. And since we're not getting much of a break, like, and you're going to hear it for her first, I'm sorry, Leafs Nation. I'm not trying to jinx us, but we're bound to lose at least three games, all right, in the next couple of games. This is just, it's because of our goaltending situation, right? Like, I don't think Jack is going to be, like, 100% after uh, this long trip. I think our defense now is not going to be 100% after this trip. And, you know, Wall's going to need some time. And if Mrazek's not coming back anytime soon, then uh, as much, you know, because we, we want to keep him in the Marlies, maybe if he's going to be a sieve down there. <laughs> yeah, we're bound to lose a couple of games, all right? So uh, don't yeah. don't get the, the fists, don't get the fighting Irish fists out just yet. Boys need some time to recover. So uh, be patient, Leafs Nation, okay? Yeah, but... You heard it from uh, Dartmouth Broadhead. <laughs> Very broad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I'm glad you, glad you remembered. Well, we're facing. Uh, oh, I remembered. So, uh, Dubois, Dubois' old crew, who also really like to take a chunk out of the Leafs, and I'm well. Lion A is injured on IR, not going to be playing, but I hope things go well oh, for us on Tuesday, especially while we're there. And yeah, Leafs don't have a great record against uh, teams with missing stars this year but uh hopefully they still have hopefully some good luck they still have elvis and uh corpusalo correct or are they working yes. with so that's the only reason why i don't have too much of a you know a, a heavy hand for the leafs right now just because like those two are two young beautiful goaltenders and i mean beautiful in the sense that like oh uh, yeah actually elvis and elvis is a pretty handsome guy like he look kind of looks like elvis a little bit right like what <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i just mean like they're 
they, they are good. They were playing really well the past couple of seasons, and uh, I don't know how they're doing so far. I haven't paid attention to Columbus. Maybe they're shit. Maybe they're good. You two would know better than me, but they're still streaky, right? So it could be anybody's guess as to if the Leafs get stonewalled or if we just light them up. Yeah, the uh, last game was interesting because Elvis and Corpusalo were both out off sick, but not COVID-related. So we saw Tarasov take his debut and won 6-4, which was interesting. But Elvis is healthy, again, because I do have him on one of my fantasy teams. And they actually pulled through a win tonight. Yes, 6-4 against uh, San Jose. So, yeah, still high goals against, but hey. I'll take it for my team. Hell yeah. So uh, with that, we should go to break. And our break music tonight is brought to you by the band No Service. So this was a request um, kind of sent to us by um, a Leafs Nation fan. And then we were directed to the um, the owner of the band, who's another part of the Leafs Nation, um so yeah this is no service with a track from their last album um this is called belmont <laughs> so <laughs> i thought it was pretty appropriate and canadian DKs. and all that to uh, pick a song like belmont's and sorry i uh, i'm just looking for i want to actually shout out besides no service who the person in this band is but we have so many notifications today Shout out to Twitter. You guys have yep. been awesome. Live tweeting the game has been so fun with all of you guys. Big shout out. Um, and as we said, when uh, Leafs lose, so this uh, is... Leafs media wins, right? So <laughs> Leafs media wins. So this is uh, Alex Hobson um, from uh, 610CKTB. He's a Leafs contributor for uh, the Hockey Writer and co-host of Sticks in the Six podcast. So that's at A Hobson Media. Thanks, Alex, for uh, letting us use your song tonight. So again, this is Belmont's by No Service. Once again, that was No Service with Belmonts. So if you would like your music to be featured on our break for next episode, shoot us a DM on Twitter or tweet us or tweet us with a band that you like and, you know, maybe they'll see it and they'll let us use it like uh, like happened tonight. You know, just uh, share the share the love, share the support. We want to hear all the music from Leafs Nation. Yes. And uh, soon we're going to be featuring uh, some of our own music from Southie. Uh, I won't plug my own because it's uh, old and not good. <laughs> but Sadi is quite the musician, so we'll uh, we'll get some of his stuff in here soon. Nice. So, 
interesting events happening in Canada this week as far as the other teams go. We had the first ever uh, jersey and hat thrown onto the uh, ice at the Bell Centre. And that led to Mark Bergevin getting fired indirectly or directly. I mean, they said that the plan was to fire him before, but he got COVID. So they were waiting till after he recovered. But uh, then we have the uh, Vancouver Canucks fan throws a jersey under the ice. And uh, that's it. Jim Benning and Travis Green are both fired. So it seems that the equation is throw a jersey, get a new coach and GM. <laughs> I'm glad that wasn't the case for the Leafs when it happened uh, when yeah. on game three or whatever it was. But my question is, can we throw refs jerseys onto the ice for the next we game? We so should. See if that gets a change. Yeah, that would draw a huge conversation. It would be talked about everywhere. I don't know if that's ever been done. So plan on Tuesday. I, I think we yeah. should do it. We need to get the hashtag ref you suck uh, trending on Twitter. So uh <laughs> Nah, you know, we, we love the refs. We love the people who put in the time, whether it be, uh, you know, a little league baseball game or, you know, the National Hockey League. But uh, you know what? It's just, you know, we're sick. We're tired and we're not happy with what's what we've been seeing. So we got to vent out our frustration at the refs, right? It's just, what else can you do as a fan of uh, the, you know, your favorite hockey team, right? Yeah, I mean, they've been chanting firebending for what seems like, an eternity now it's been weeks of the Canucks fans just absolutely burning from the inside out um this is also a season where they had high expectations this is not a bad on purpose this is a bad by accident and the same with Montreal this is bad by accident I mean from what we heard they were well aware uh this is Mark Bergevin was well aware of um Shea Weber's injury when they acquired him mm-hmm. from Nashville so they had not only months, but years to plan for him eventually leaving, and they did not get anything to replace him. They have absolutely no plan to replace Carey Price, and that seems to be a little more imminent as the days go on. Like, they they did not set themselves up for the next generation very well, aside from Suzuki and Caulfield. Yeah. So, what, what oh they did God. in oh the offseason was pick up a defender named David Savard from the Columbus Blue Jackets, which obviously cannot feel the, fill the role of Shea Weber. And then you have Joel Edmondson out and David Savard. He only has he's a minus seven on the season, five assists. He's averaging about 1948 a night when you had Shea Weber previously averaging between 22 and a half to 26 minutes a night. It makes a huge difference. You also replace Kotkaniemi and Phil Deneau by trading a first rounder for Christian Dvorak. So mm-hmm. uh, weak on all fronts. I mean, we say, we say that they were bad by accident, but the moves suggest otherwise. Like Bergevin was like, all right, that uh, Stanley Cup run was as far as we were ever going to make it. That was a fluke. We are going into rebuild mode because I tried. And instead of losing, Carey Price carried us all the way to the fucking Stanley Cup finals. So let's actually try yeah. to lose now. But uh, the Canadians fans no, don't like that. No, and we've had the same conversation for years prior. It was only October 2017 when Carey Price was slamming his stick 
against the net out of frustration after a 6-2 loss against the Ducks. And they started, it was their worst franchise start in history since uh, 1941 and 1942. And then this year, you're breaking even more records in the worst way possible. Like you look at the Montreal stats, they're 28th on the power play, they're 30th on the PK, 23rd on the faceoff dot, 29th goals for, 29th goals against. Like, they actually, I mean, I think they're 32nd in goals against. Like, I mean, it might be adjusted for how many games teams have played, but they have they have 93 goals against right now, and there's not a single team that's above that. The closest is the Sabres yeah, at 90. They're a minus 34 goal differential. Hmm. Two, seven, and one in their last 10. So um, how do you fix this? Good question. Like... The draft is going to be in Montreal. I mean, they'll get Shane Wright or whoever they want to pick. Um, they'll probably land somewhere in the top five there. Do they have their first round <laughs> pick this year? Right, they they do because they the one that they traded for Dvorak was Carolina's pick, right? That they got from Kakinyemi. Caulfield was supposed to score 30 this year. What happened? <laughs> Gone cold, cold coffee. <laughs> Yeah, and we saw the prior GM say he's not going to make any changes to the lineup because everyone is there. They just need to pull up their socks and play. So I don't know at this point. I don't think Carey Price is going to come in and just save the day. Yeah, there's been rumors of him going to Colorado. I don't know how legitimate that's going to be. It's not like Colorado can afford him uh, $10.5 million. Like I don't think anybody can, and I don't think – well, Montreal's going to have to retain something if they want to move <laughs> yeah. on from him. But Do they really want to live that nightmare again, sending <laughs> sending a legendary goaltender to Colorado? Let's not. Like, you know what? I will tell oh you God, something right now. I didn't even right think now, of that. Is that uh, the, I might not be the biggest Habs fan because I'm not. I'm not a fucking Habs fan. But I don't <laughs> like the league when the Habs are not playing well. You know, I it, it kind of looks sad, right? And... Uh, they are the winningest club in the National Hockey League history, so it would it would be fitting for them to play at least like a club that's uh, deserving of that title. But again, growing pains, right? They just went to the fucking finals. Like they're gonna, you know, like any other team that goes to the finals. Like remember when the T- uh, TFC went uh, went to Concacaf and then they came back and their season was garbage afterwards like you know sometimes you just sometimes you just you Fair. have that run and then it it takes some time to you know it's like uh it's like show business right you finish a show and you get a little bit of that uh, after show depression and so the boys will i'm sure they'll pick themselves up like you know obviously not having carrie price him being in uh in rehab for a little bit was not going to do any benefit for the team either and i'm hoping that carrie really does get better because he is a legendary human being all right. He's a mm-hmm. good guy who deserves he deserves his one crack at the cup. Like and not I'm not talking about the run of the finals. Like he really deserves a legit run because that was everybody knows that was a fluke. Like, yeah, it was great. We saw it, but then they got dusted. So <laughs> Yeah, and what's what I find hilarious about this is it just goes back to the bad on purpose versus bad by accident. Uh, both the Canucks and Canadians are still ahead of the Senators. Yeah. But the Senators are sitting at the bottom like, nobody's as bad as us. Let's go. I know. We invented being bad. We've been bad since we came <laughs> into this league. 
And that's why I brought up DJ Smith two episodes ago about who who may be, be on the chopping block soon because how long do you have to put up with this? And then the GM of the senator said, no, we're, we're not looking to make any trades, no moves. We have our pieces now and they're going to work with what they have. So we have our pieces now. Senators send Matt Murray I know, right? down to the AHL. <laughs> That's Five, another story uh, that just uh, hurts. Six mil a year. What does he get? Six and a half mil a year? Or whatever it is yeah wow oh, oh how Compared the mighty have fallen yeah speaking of uh, mighty falling um i think the sends are in a position where they kind of like losing because they want to keep building on this uh the islanders on the other hand who are oh seven and three in their last 11 games or 10 and they're on 11 game losing streak um i think someone's getting fired there first i think uh you know, some people are taking loose toys and, and not playing nice with them. Yeah, I can definitely see it happening. And a lot of talk about the old school way of playing. It's just way too old nowadays. Like hockey has upgraded and shifted and Lou is still in that old mindset, which people love and adore. Don't get me wrong, but clearly the defensive game and no offense is not working. Yeah, because nobody can score. Even the guys that are supposed yeah. to can't score on that team. And the goalies who are good um, just, are struggling. It's sad to see, but... Yeah. Over to the Vancouver thing real quick. Um, so this is, again... First we heard back with Montreal that um, Jeff Gordon was hired before we heard that Mark Bergevin was fired. And now Elliot Friedman tweets... That Jim Benning is out and they're bringing, or sorry, that Travis Green's out and they're bringing in um, Bruce Boudreaux. And then at the intermission of the Leafs game, Darren Dreger says that Jim Benning is out. And like, are these guys finding out from watching TV and Twitter? <laughs> like, what the, what the hell is going on? Everybody just took a page out of the Vegas Golden Knights book of just, we don't have to tell anybody. We can just hire the next guy. Mm-hmm. Like we heard about they were running interviews for new GMs before firing these guys. Like how embarrassing is it to find out that they're looking for your replacement on Twitter? <laughs> they do better. So bad. The team that you've worked for for the better part of like six or seven years now. Like, come what's on, with guys. The this is a finding your play. replacement on Twitter. Like what's with the whole Twitter thing? And like, does anyone communicate in this league? Like, Where's the professionalism? <laughs> Wow, what a slap in the face. It's insane. So, um, like I said, we saw a jersey come on the ice from the Vancouver Canucks, and it's like immediately everybody's fired. Like the chance of fire bending didn't, you know, prove that. Again, this comes back to what I said about the network cuts on the radio stations. There's no Sportsnet station for people to call into out in Vancouver anymore, so... They got to make signs and come into the game and chant fire bending and throw jerseys on the ice because they don't have an outlet otherwise. Yeah, it's been bad. Like 10 losses in the last 13 games. Uh, they're last in the league on the power play. They missed the playoffs five times in the last six seasons. Sorry, not just last in the league on the power play. They're at 64% on the power play, which is the worst in <laughs> NHL history. Wow. Um, any, any, any news and if they're making any more... Um... Or maybe it was their penalty the kill. Fans are making any more uh, Al Jaffe, Mad, Mad Magazine fold-ins. You know, Finn, you're the best at winning. Was that what it was, Finn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That was unreal. Uh, so we have a um, little question here from Luke Mann. So if you didn't catch what happened with the Canucks jersey, they were playing the Penguins. And uh, Steph, do you Brian remember who Dumoulin. it was? Yeah, I was going to say it was Dumoulin, yeah. So Dumoulin skates over and he picks the, the jersey up and he hands it off into the crowd. So Luke Mann asks, is this A, uh, gent- gently trolling the fans, or B, trying to pass on the message to not give up on your team? <laughs> I think... This was a bit of, I, I don't think there was, it was a troll at first, but I think it's like he picked it up and then he realized, oh, I can just give this back to some random person and you just wasted yeah. your jersey. Like, I'm going to give it back to some some random person over the, the glass mm-hmm. here. Why not? Like, you're an idiot for throwing your, your thing down. Um, I don't think they, I think the players are more reactionary and a little more, um, negative towards the fans in moments like that, like especially while they're playing and they don't have a second to think about what's going on. So I think it was definitely from a place of, of trolling over, you know, well, saying we can don't see give the bigger up. picture as, uh, as you know, fans of the game, but as players, I'm sure like, you know what they say about English class, right? Like to an English teacher, when the room is blue, it means so much more than to just, you know, good old me who reads the room is blue. So the room is blue. Right. But it's just like with the Leafs when they say, uh, oh, these guys didn't salute. God damn it. They're a bunch of phonies. They're, you know, they're terrible to the fans. They're probably just like, man, we just want to go home today. You know? <laughs> they're not trying to. Yeah. <laughs> Dumoulin is not new in this league. He, this is his ninth year. It's not like this is his first time seeing a jersey thrown on the ice. I mean, the game itself, if you want to go into that game, they lost 4-1 to the Pens. Uh, there was three penalties within less than two minutes, so you already knew shit was going down. Jake Getzel scores a hat trick, which is the first time for a Pens member against the Vancouver Canucks since Mario Lemieux on January 23rd, 1987. It's just new st- stats and records coming out time and time again. Everyone in the league knows how brutal the Vancouver Connects are doing. So personally, I think Dumoulin was just trying to clear the ice. And he's like, like you said, Johnny, oh, yeah, I guess I can put this over the glass and give it to someone else. Like, I don't think he was trying to push it in people's faces. I think he was just, I don't know, like, yeah. Just doing his thing, you know. Going through the motions, you know. He could have given the yeah. fans a finger. That's you all know? it was. <laughs> you want a sign, here you go, shove it. <laughs> But I think there's something to be said here about the reaction from from ownership in Vancouver. I mean, things haven't been going right for a long time. It's like I said, people have been chanting fire Benning for weeks. Like, is it actually a jersey on the ice? Like, are we actually going to go to that point that this was what set the Aquilinis over? Because, man, they seem to be pretty, I don't want to say immature, but like their handling of this team has not been very professional to say the least. Like they seem to want to stick their hands in a lot and have Benning as this, this GM that'll do whatever they tell him to. And that's why they, I thought they first fired Travis green and not just Benning, but they got rid of everybody. Yeah. So I, I actually had high hopes for the Vancouver Canucks, especially over the off season when they acquired Oliver Eklund Larson and Connor Garland, who were two studs for the Arizona coyotes. And they offloaded those three huge contracts of, nobody's pretty much of Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel, and Louis Erickson, and ninth overall pick. Like, they even... <clears throat> but those those contracts were all expiring at the end of this season, though, is the, the 
criticism yes. of that. Like if he was going to get rid of those, it should have been three years ago, yeah. not now, because at, he, at this point you just waited out. But instead he picked up OEL again, three, four years too late for too much money. And now they're in this position because Benning saw a couple things that he wanted and he spent a couple years trying to get them instead of, you know, learning and adapting. He didn't set this team mm-hmm. up for victory. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I Connor Garland, he did well for me last year in fantasy, so I had high hopes for him again this year. And yeah, Arizona, or sorry, Vancouver's just, they have the pieces. Yeah, so is Arizona. But they have the pieces. <laughs> they have an elite defenseman in uh, Quinn Hughes. They have an awesome top six forward group but i just don't know what's what's the problem there they can't score they were 19 and 6 in the last three games like yeah it's pretty bad over there um i mean everybody kind of gave them a pass for last season because of all the covid delays that they had and the whole team was out but they figured that it was just going to be a fluke and this year we're all going to come out you know seeing a brand new canucks team but man they suck yeah 32nd on the PK. Like, come on, guys. Really? Really? And again, I wonder if this all goes back to the big question of, like, what do we do about the salary cap? Because you know what? When you have a system that lets you spend a little bit more than what we're allowed to, you can make bad decisions, but also be able to fix them. But uh, with our current situation and with the financial situation of the NHL and the world as it is, it makes bad decisions become worse decisions and you just kind of have to sit on them and hope that things get better. Um, You know what? We're the National Hockey League and I think it's time that we start like it's disgusting hearing, you know, Joe blow on the street, talk about the salary cap, you know, like it's not something that fans should have to worry about. It's not something the fans need to be bitching about, right? Like you don't hear, you know, fans of the NBA care about their super maxes and whatnot. Like all the time we're talking, you know, we don't worry about how good Mitch Marner is. We worry about how much he's worth when the truth (laughs) is that he's no matter what dollar you put, Mitch Marner is a great fucking player. So we shouldn't be nickel. Like, why does this have to be the nickel and dime league? Is that what this is? National Hockey League is the nickel and dime league? Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, it's like every time the Leafs win or lose, whether Marner's playing or not, he's trending because there's some conversation about how much money he makes versus whoever they were playing against who's better on that when, given when night. When LeBron James leaves the NBA, he can go and buy a team and take that team to a championship. But when Austin Matthews leaves this league, do you think he'll be able to afford to buy the Arizona Coyotes? That's the question for the night, people, because uh, I think, as I said, we're gonna, these players need to start being paid like they're national, you know, like this is the National Hockey League, not the, you know, it, it does, yeah, when we're referring to how much money they make in reference to the rest of the, you know, people in this league, the players in this league, yeah, it's a lot of money. But when we're talking about comparing them to MLB or, or NFL or even, you know, soccer. Uh, yeah, they're not making they're not making a whole awful lot. Like I said, when that when Austin Matthews leaves, will he be able to buy um, a franchise? Because I know for damn well that uh, LeBron James is going to go buy himself a, a franchise at some point. You know, he's got the money. He's paying for schools. He's. <laughs> hey, I mean, Mario Lemieux is a part owner of the bank. But that was back and when shit. they were cheap. <laughs> shit. And also. 
to your point, Meryl Lemieux played mm-hmm. before the salary cap and made a shit ton of money. But should these athletes be making ridiculous amounts of money to the point where at the end of their career they can afford a whole franchise like that? Like, that's just... Not these athletes, but if we're talking about, like, the LeBron James equivalent in the NHL, like, there should be, like, teams that make a shit ton of money off of a star who is that much better. Like, for example, the Oilers should be able to pay Connor McDavid $20 million a year if they want to because of what he brings into the team and what he's the level he performs at. Like, he is worth that much more than the next person down. And I think that's something that gets lost in the salary cap era is because there's so little wiggle room is we start comparing players to each other and the the um, that room is so small that you can't appropriately pay people like what they're worth because it's just well i want 7.5 because that guy makes 7.5 when really one should make six and one should make eight you know we're in the we're in the herbert Herbert hoover years of the nhl right now because everybody's trying to close their wallet and i think you know just to make a cheesy reference and obviously hey we're coming up to it it's time for a new deal for christmas so let's get the fans talking about maybe ending this salary cap era let's let's not, obviously, we can't get rid of it completely, but we got to come up with something. Like the NBA, NBA's got got a really good system in place, and uh, you know, it's just it's time for something different. Because I said this is this talk of this chip chit chat chatter of oh he's worth too much or he's that's let's let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game, right? Uh, speaking of the game, I want to hear a fun fact about the Vancouver yes. Canucks. Yes, please. Um, Andreas Janssen of the New Jersey Devils has more goals than every single player in the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> You're shitting me. I'm not. So Andreas Janssen has I nine know. goals. Um, that you know, Okay, so other people with nine, you've got Nas, uh, Brad Marchand, Brock Nelson, Johnny Gaudreau, Thomas Hurdle, Chandler Stevenson, Pavel Buchnevich. So, I mean, people that usually score a little more. But Brock Nelson's hurt right now, too. Vancouver Canucks. I think. Uh, yes, he is. Um, the most goals on the Vancouver Canucks is JT Obviously. Miller with eight. <laughs> and then Horvat and Garland with seven each. And JT Miller at eight goals is also a minus two on the season with 10 power play points, meaning besides on the power play, he's not Michael scoring. Michael Bunting has seven goals. <laughs> this is so mm-hmm. sad. Michael Bunting has as many goals as the second highest scorer. The everything Canucks. everything that needed me, to guys? happen for Kyle Dubas to be like, you know, in everybody's good graces did happen. So like we got to congrats to the whiz kid there because this could have really blown up in his face. <laughs> oh, Michael Bunting turned out to be exactly who he needed to be. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's something that we haven't seen on this team since the Tucker and Domi era. Just somebody who gets up in everybody's face and everyone hates. And when you look at him, you go, wow, if you didn't play for this team, I would dislike Kasha you camp quite a bit. Well. Oh, man. I've never seen a team where there's this many annoying guys on the Leafs that can actually score at the same time. Like, this is great. It's a great time to be a Leaf fan. Yeah, and that beauty stash on, uh, on Kampf. Mm. Kasha. Or Kasha. I get them mixed up. Kasha's yeah. got the, the stash. Yeah, Love it's it. great. Okie doke. So with that, we'll sign off for the night. We've gone way over on this one. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, thank you again to um, 
Dartmouth Broadhead. Follow him at Darty Ritter on Instagram for all your your hockey memes. And uh, we're going to be back on Tuesday with the Columbus game. And Steph and I and Andrew are all going to be there. And we're going to meet Steph for the first time. Hey. Hey, Steph. And it's exciting. So you better tune in, okay? You know I'll be. You better. It's going to be a live show. Live, 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 live. We're going to do the next one live. Tell we're doing it live. And your grandma. So tune in. Follow check us our on Twitter, Twitter and Instagram at Leaks we'll Late Night. Maybe we'll do live on Twitter. Your night of post-game YouTube. podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, yes. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. <laughs>